on this edition of Niners Notebook Podcast, an oh-so-close game and an oh-so-familiar finish for the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Why doesn't Kyle Shanahan like to run the ball in the second half? Does anybody remember Alfred Morris? Imagine how different things might be if the 49ers had a solid secondary and a look at the 49ers' next opponent, which just happens to be the NFL's only unbeaten team. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of Niners Notebook. I'm Mike Lerseth, assistant sports editor of The Chronicle, and our NFL editor. Joining me today, as always, is our 49ers beat writer, Eric Branch. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks uh, Thanks for joining me again, Mike. Uh, you know, it, it, It's the, the highlight of my week, which I guess can tell you the kind of week I usually have. I hope that doesn't get back to your wife. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, had, we had her birthday over the weekend, and then we watched Monday Night Football, so the, 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 the marriage is going much better than the 49ers are. There you go. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about uh, uh, Monday night's uh, 33-30 loss to the Packers. Uh, struck me as really familiar, not because the 49ers lost, but because of the way they lost. They, great game for the better part of three quarters, some critical mistakes late in the game, and ultimately a gut punch defeat on the final play with uh, the Crosby field goal. And it reminded me of last year when they had the 0-9 start, but during that 0-9 start, I think it was five games in a row where they lost by three or fewer points. That's tough to take. It is, and the theme of that is kind of the same. It, you know, just and forgive the, all the cliches, but whatever it is, you know, a team that doesn't know how to finish, you got to learn how to win. Um, in the way, you know, <laughs> what helps you win in those, you know, pressure situations with the game hanging in the balance is a really good quarterback. And um, I should say maybe an elite quarterback. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is that. And he did what elite quarterbacks do in those situations. And meanwhile, uh, you know, obviously it's a team effort, but C.J. Beathard's a quarterback, and the 49ers, you know, went three and out on their last three possessions after pretty much going up and down the field all night. Um, so, you know, that that was the ball game. Well, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. <laughs> in broad in broad terms, that was the ball game. Well, let me ask you, is it fair to criticize – Kyle Shanahan for his second half play calling. You know, he, he got picked apart nationally for what the Falcons did uh, in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, the second half collapse there. Monday night, 49ers roll up 114 yards in the first half on the ground. Second half, they only get 60. Uh, is that put the fault on Shanahan or credit the Packers for great second half adjustments? Well, I mean, in fairness, they ran 16 times in the first half, and they did run 14 times in the second half. Um, and, you know, but to your point, the ground game was rolling all night long, more so in the first half, but still decent enough in the second half. I think the biggest thing, and what people have pointed to, and it's fair to do so, is, is look at, you know, why they didn't run, um, call one running play, on their final possession, um, and specifically, uh, you know, the uh, second and three, and the Packers had no timeouts. Uh, you, you're under two minutes, and you know, one thing you can accomplish, you know, uh, on running on second and three, besides possibly getting the first down, is you kind of are, are creeping toward field goal range. 
is you take the possibility of the Packers winning in regulation out of the equation. Right. Um, you know, in that you're, you're run down the clock enough to, so e- right. even it's, if... It's a time management thing as much as a play-calling thing. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Shanahan has pointed out, well, they did, uh, you know, on their prior two three-and-outs, before their final three-and-out, uh, their first, uh, on that first three-and-out, um, you know, they had a uh, run by Raheem Mostert that uh, gained negative one yard. Um, and then on their second three and out, uh, they had a run by Breida uh, that did not get, you know, did not get a yard. So they've had two first down runs and um, didn't work. So, you know, whether that went into Shanahan thinking, um, he expected them to, to be blitzing uh, on that second and down and it, Better run wouldn't be the call. Try to, you know, they try to slant, you know, just to pick up a quick first down. What, what, you know, thinking they would blitz, it was batted down. We go to third down, and we know what happened. There was an interception there. Right, right. Um, so, you know, in fairness, I'm not sure Shanahan, you know, abandoned the run, but I think, you know, to just what you said, you know, second and three. Not only do you have a chance to pick it up. Uh, but, you know, you say, okay, well, if this drive doesn't work out, we know we're going to overtime. Um, you mentioned the ground game, as did I, obviously, and, and Mr. Mostert. And I, I'm wondering, um, have we seen the last of Alfred Morris uh, as a key part of the offense? Late addition to the roster uh, when Jarek McKinnon went out with the, the ACL for the season. Uh, he had done well. I think he had played maybe even a little above what people had thought. Uh, but on Monday, out of nowhere, here comes Raheem Mostart. Uh, ends up with a game-high 87 yards on 12 carries. Uh, just a situation that allowed that, or do you think we're looking at a, a dramatically reduced role for Morris? If I had to guess, I, I think that was game plan specific. And, and the Packers are uh, were pretty stout on the interior of their defensive line. Uh, and, and the plan was to get Breida and, and Mostert on the edges uh, you know, Breida and Mostert both have speed. Uh, Mostert ran 100 and 200 at Purdue and um, was Big Ten indoor champion, went to the NCAA outdoor championship. So, I mean, the guy can move. Um, and he was effective enough to maybe that turns into uh, maybe this is not going to be game plan specific with him. Uh, you know, maybe he, he's our guy. Maybe he, he better suits this kind of outside zone running scheme more so than Morris who, you know, doesn't have the uh, giddy-up-and-go of those two other guys. Um, I think it would be premature, though, than to just crown Mostert, the, the number two running back. We're, we are talking about a guy who, um, you know, it, you know, has to come close to having that workload in his first, you know, three-plus seasons in the, in the league. Um, I mean, those were easily career highs that he had Monday, and he's had an issue with fumbling uh, throughout his career, even though he's had limited opportunities. So, um, you know, I think it's his good. first carry this year, right? Exactly. Uh, just the, the previous week, his first carry, he lost a fumble um, against the Cardinals. He'd also lost a fumble in the preseason opener. He lost a fumble last year. And, again, this is a guy who's <laughs> played running back. So, um, you know, what was shocking was that Shanahan – had that much confidence in him. And and part of that was born out of the fact that they really didn't think Breida was going to play. And so, 
I think part of Shanahan's, what I just said, confidence may have just been the fact they didn't have many other options. And, and so they were getting less, uh, most of it ready to play alongside Alfred Morris, thinking they would not have Breida. And what Shanahan has said is that most of just had an exceptional week of practice, and, and that led them. Even when Brita was was you know, uh, you know, they knew he was going to be able to go on Monday. The fact that Mustard had been so impressive in practice and responded so well to you know, Ch- Shanahan kind of challenging him to you know, hey, let's go, let's focus, <laughs> let's hold on to the football. Um, and so his response to that led to his uh, his playing time. So it'll be interesting to see, you know. It, you know, if it gets the Rams, you know, Morris just stays on the sideline and it's more of Mostert. Uh, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. Um, is this, or I, let me phrase it properly, when was the last time the 49ers as a team had this much speed on offense? I mean, I'm, I'm looking Goodwin, great speed. Mostert, great speed. Brita, I think, surprises people with his speed. You know, I, having watched the Niners for, for many years, I'm, I'm used to the – uh, the, the Carlos Hydes, the Frank Gores, the Michael Crabtrees, the Vernon Davis, you know, decent speed, but not, you know, the, the borderline level world-class speed that we're talking about here with these guys. It, it, can you recall when they've had so much speed on the offense? No, it kind of predates me. Yeah, I started covering it in 2010, and you're right, it's been Gore and Hyde and, and not a real burner, or shall I say, not an effective burner on the outside. Yeah. Uh, there's been Ted Ginn, there's been Tory Smith, but, uh, you know, they haven't made much of an impact. And Vernon Davis, for a tight end, obviously, had very good speed. But as far as, like, you know, to your point, a collection uh, of speed, um, you know, I think this would top, you know, 49 is a, a recent vintage for, for sure. Yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of the fastest 49er and the easy answer is Ronaldo Nehemiah way back. Oh, when. nice. But that was, a you know, an experiment that I, I think the first time Ronaldo got hit really, really hard was when he decided maybe football wasn't for him. <laughs> right. Well, that's why people, you know, speaking of Goodwin, that's why people are going to look at the, uh, askance at him and saying, you know, really? Because, you know, this is an Olympic long jumper and, um, you know, had a history of so many injuries uh, throughout his career. Obviously, his dealt with some. Um, you know, this year, uh, but it was kind of like, yeah, he, he's this track guy. It's never kind of quite work out. And the first four seasons with the Bills, it really didn't for any number of reasons. But um, that's why, you know, one reason why his uh, um, 2017 season was so surprising. So he played in all 16 games and was very productive. You know, he wasn't just running up and down the field, you know, running go routes. Uh, you know, he proved to be an effective uh, route runner. Um, and uh, actually his 30-yard touchdown against the Packers on Monday was a thing of beauty. He ran a corner, corner post. I forget who was cover, covering him or, uh, trying, shall I say, trying to cover him. Uh, but, you know, his inside move uh, and then, you know, going to the post was was beautiful and, and completely lost his man. And his uh, his TD celebration there was uh, entirely unique. He, he did the lineup and the rock back like a, a, a jumper on the on the runway, and he you know jumped up and he wanted to make sure they nailed the mark in the end zone. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, that was good. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he, he's the only guy in the field who actually hit done that in the Olympics. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Hey, let me flip around to the other side of the uh, of the ball, which uh, for the 49ers uh, is kind of a, a mixed bag. After six uh, games, uh, the team's passing defense is 25th 
in the league. The rush defense is 13th and is holding people to less than 100 yards a game. Monday night, Aaron Rodgers throws for 425 yards, a couple of touchdowns, was not intercepted. Um, how different would be the 49ers' fortunes be if they had a solid secondary? And, and is there any chance that this unit is going to get better? Because it's going to have to real soon. Uh, I don't see uh, much help is on the way. Uh, you know, it's going to take, you know, I guess any number of things. One being they have to get on the same page. They, they had so many communication breakdowns um, it, to the point where, you know, I think there are more communication breakdowns than we know during an NFL game. But these are significant <laughs> communication breakdowns where you just see guys running wide open. Side against the Cardinals uh, the previous week on the 75-yard touchdown of Christian Kirk. First play of the game um, on Monday night, uh, a 60-yarder, uh, you know, all alone. Uh, Jimmy Graham for about a 50-yarder, kind of a similar thing. Devontae Adams, first touchdown in the end zone. Uh, you know, Adrian Colbert was about five yards behind him. Um, it, you know, just just stuff, as Richard Sherman said in the post-game press conference, they're the first frickin' play again. Uh, he was not amused. Yeah, um, I mean, that, that's, like you said, that's 135 yards on the first two <laughs> plays of two games. Uh, that's, that's right, so, and it, of course, it's not just about, you know, the defense, the, the quarterbacks and the safeties. It's about a lack of pass rush pressure. Right. Now, you know, in the second and third quarter, or, or really, you know, from the second to, you know, the very near the end of the game, let's say the Packers' last two drives, the, the pass rush was actually getting home. I mean, they didn't have tons of sacks, but they were affecting Rodgers, and, and that's just not something they've done much this year, last year. Um, you know, geez, for a, a long time. And, and so that was encouraging. Um, maybe not as encouraging was the fact that some of that pass rush pressure was coming from Sheldon Day, um, who was playing, you know, alongside DeForest Buckner um, in pass rush situations instead of two first-round picks. Right. Um, Eric Armstead and, and Solomon Thomas. So it's not bad that Sheldon Day is doing it, but you look at, um, you know, I think the 49ers would prefer one of those first uh, two rounders, you know, perhaps uh, the guy, uh, the new regime actually picked, Solomon Thomas, uh, be doing that. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a story for tomorrow's yeah, yeah, paper. I was just going to say that, that uh, Solomon <laughs> Thomas, I think you're writing about uh, why he had so relatively few snaps in that game, right? Well, right. So what they do in, in pass rush situations or passing situations is that they have two interior defensive linemen you know, rushing. One is almost always DeForest Buckner, you know, the best defensive player. And then so for the first three weeks, they said, yeah, okay, let's give Armstead, uh, you know, that role on our Buckner. Um, and after that ran its course, they said, okay, let's give Solomon Thomas uh, that role alongside Buckner. And they, he did that for two games. Armstead in his three games had one sack. Uh, Thomas in his, in his uh, two games had three tackles, no sacks. And so they said Monday, uh, who else? Sheldon Day, uh, your turn. <laughs> and <laughs> so Shanahan said Next today, <laughs> right, you know, he basically all but said Sheldon Day had been out playing uh, Armstead and Thomas, and uh, he, he didn't suggest that Day was going to relinquish that role uh, this week. So I think Day played well enough to where you'll you'll continue to see more of him and, and less of Thomas. He played, you know, Thomas played 26, 26 of seventy one snaps. That was the fewest snaps of his career. Um, so, 
that is obviously not trending in the right direction uh, for the 49ers. So you're looking at, as a Niners, maybe the member of the defense, you're like, man, Aaron Rodgers, that's that's about as good as it gets, and we had a hard time uh, going against him. But uh, I guess maybe, thank God, that game is behind us. And then you turn around, you look, and, and this week's game is the Rams. Come in as the only unbeaten team in the league now that KC has lost. And here's what they're bringing to the table. Number one in total offense, number one in rushing, number two in scoring, number six in passing behind uh, Jared Goff, Bay Area guy. Um, what in the world can the 49ers do in the hopes of stopping the Rams on Sunday? Well, let me preface this by saying I fully expected, particularly after the first couple of Packers offensive plays on Monday, um, I said the Niners were, were going to get creamed uh, you know, going on the road in Green Bay. Okay. Um, so I, now I will say this. I think they'll get creamed by the Rams <laughs> on Stadium. they got to stay consistent so, there, Eric. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, part of that is, um, well, you know, as stated, uh, the Rams are the NFL's only unbeaten team. They've got it rolling on offense. Um, and I guess a bigger part, you know, I think the, the 49ers are a team that can kind of hang with anybody, uh, not necessarily beat them, but they can be competitive. I just think this situation is particularly rugged in that they're on a short week, um, you know, coming back from a road game at Green Bay, which was just emotionally crushing. Um, and I, I just think that, uh, you know, yeah, as it today, they played their ass off and they gave it everything. And uh, you know, I know it's you know it's the NFL. It still wasn't quite enough. I just think you know trying to summon that that same type of energy. I realize NFL players and that's what they're paid to do. But you know, I think there's a human element that comes into it, and I'm just not sure they're going to be up up to this challenge. Given given that you know. All that said, I'm sure that means that, you know, 49ers, 27, Rams, 24. All right. You heard that here first, folks. And on that, on that final note, <laughs> well, we're going to let that well, yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna let I that covered myself. I, yeah, that's right. Both sides of the same I, point, right? There we go. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, this show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Eric Branch, as always, for his time, to Fernando Diaz for producing, and, of course, to all of you for listening. For more 49ers coverage, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Eric underscore Branch and at Mike Lurseth. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. And if you feel like letting us know how we're doing, go ahead and drop us a line. All right. Until next time, folks, take care. <laughs>